Hey everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the MK Audio Podcast. My name's James and you can find me over at www.mkaudio.tk. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, on Twitter it's at mkaudio and it's facebook.com forward slash mkaudio. I'm also on Google Plus and MySpace so if you're on there check me out by searching for mkaudio. The podcast is available at uh, www.mkaudiopodcast.tk There you can find show notes, past episodes, you can leave your comments and I've also got a form up there if you have any suggestions for the podcast or if you have any questions you want covered, stick them onto that form and they'll come straight through to me. The podcast is also available on iTunes so um, if you're using iTunes, subscribe on there and you can download them through that and please leave me a review while you're there. So that's the science bit out of the way, let's jump straight into the show. So this week I decided to do something slightly different. Um, If it works, I'll maybe do it every few weeks. If it doesn't, I'll scrap it all together and go back to the drawing board with it. But it sort of came to me whenever I was trying to figure out today's podcast and even sort of last week's podcast and the few I've done maybe on EQ and compression. It can be quite hard for me to sit here and explain what these techniques are and you really understand them without seeing them there in front of you. So what I'm going to try and do this week is to create the podcast as usual and explain a certain technique. Well, this week we're talking about automation. I will also release along with the podcast um, a short video tutorial sort of as an introduction to... Uh, automation now that'll just be put up onto the youtube channel and you can go into the podcast show notes and click through from it um from the show notes into the youtube channel and watch that video so maybe you're listening and you're not entirely sure what automation's about or what a certain part of the technique is well you can pause the podcast for a second click under the show notes and go across and watch that short introduction video And that will hopefully give you an idea of the things I'm talking about on the podcast. Quite a bit of work maybe on my end if I'm going to do this with every podcast. So it'll maybe only be every few weeks or every time I'm really explaining a technique. So um, head down to the show notes and click on the link and go through and watch the short video. And uh, then you can come back to the podcast or watch it afterwards. Either way, it just sort of ties in nicely with the podcast. So like I mentioned, this week's show is about um, automation. Uh, So what is automation? Well, at its core, automation allows you to program a specific parameter to adjust throughout a track. So you don't have to go in and play about with it. It will automatically uh, ride up and down the setting uh, throughout the entire track, depending on what way you have set it up. Automation can pretty much be used for nearly every um, control of every plugin that you have. Um, there are some common ones, there are some that, some that people wouldn't generally use, but um, it can be spread across anything. So it can be used on compressors, EQs, gates, uh, volume, panning, reverbs, you name it, it can be used on it. It can also be used on every individual feature within those um, plugins. So, for example, on an EQ, you can use automation to control the frequency. You can use automation to control the Q um, and also the boost or cut. You know, there's a, the 
features are endless of it. However, there may be some that you would use more than others. So today I'm going to go through sort of three key um, automation moves that I would advise if you're a beginner to this and you haven't really done it before. They'll start off with the most basic um, and then sort of step three might be a little more advanced. But even at that, for the absolute beginner, they should still be able to um, get good results with it. So the first automation move I'm going to talk about is the most basic one there is, and that would be volume automation. So uh, let's say you have, we'll take a guitar track uh, throughout a song. So you have your one guitar part that runs from maybe the intro of the song through the verse and then into the choruses uh, through the bridge. Um, you know, it runs the whole way through, which in some smaller bands that can happen. Um, some bigger bands would tend to drop certain guitars in and out throughout it. But if you only have one guitarist, generally he's going to be playing for sort of 80% of the time. So, during the intro, um, the guitars are going to be quite heavy, depending on what kind of intro it is, obviously. But in a rock track, usually it would sort of be the big hit at the start, so the guitars would be quite heavy. The verses would drop down slightly and feel and uh, it would be a little bit quieter, maybe a little bit less arrangement and then it would build back up again to the loud chorus which is um, sort of the heavier part of the track or the more emotional part. So if you find the ideal level for your guitar track um, during that intro or during the chorus, so let's say it's during the chorus your guitars are going to want have to be quite loud. So you'll have them nice and loud so you can hear them. But then whenever you move into the verse, well that guitar is going to be incredibly loud if there's a lot of other instruments dropping out, or maybe there's other guitar parts that drop out and it's the only one left. Well that is going to be a massive amount of sound that's going to be competing with maybe the quieter vocal. So you can use automation to go in, and as that uh, guitar track comes to the end of the intro, you... Um, Program the automation so that it drops the volume of the guitar. Maybe maybe it's only a 1 dB cut, or maybe it could be anything as drastic as 4 or 5 dB. There's no rules to it to say how much you can cut or boost by um, with the automation volume, but you just drop that down enough that it's still nice and uh, full, and it's still giving you a nice clarity, but you can still hear the vocal over the top of it. And then as the verse comes to a close, you can then uh, ride that volume back up again so the guitars become nice and loud and they stand out well in the chorus. So uh, you've maybe heard me talking about a static mix before. Um, some people have different ideas of what a static mix is, but in my opinion, a static mix is absolutely everything up to the point of uh, automation. So that would include setting your uh, initial levels, uh, your panning, your EQ, compression, uh, reverbs, these different things are all used to space stuff out, but they never change throughout the track. If you have a guitar panned 50% to the left at the start of the track, that guitar is going to be panned still 50% to the left at the right at the end of the track. Um, no, nothing moves about, none of the volumes change. Uh, so that's why I would say a static mix it is static and it doesn't move. So then after that stage you move on to the automation and that's whenever you start to breathe a little bit of life into your tracks. So volume automation is the most basic one. I would give it a go. Um, 
it's a good thing for setting levels. Uh, your initial levels are set. That if they don't move, it's probably about as good as it's going to get. Well, automation sort of finishes off that move and says, well, if the guitar is a little too loud during the verse, you can sort that out with automation. Just drop it down slightly and it can come back up in the chorus as needed. All right, the second uh, automation move I want to talk about is panning automation. Um, this one maybe isn't used quite as often as the likes of volume automation, but I have found it quite useful for certain uh, little tricks or tips or to sort out something that it makes it maybe isn't quite working as well. Um, the way that I would use panning automation... Um, this time, for example, during a chorus, you would have quite a lot of instruments um, playing at the same time. So generally, you have them panned out uh, quite wide across the stereo field. So you maybe have guitars panned hard left and hard right. Um, usually your bass and drums, etc. and vocals are all straight up the centre. But you might have other synths or um, pads or anything at all sort of panned in between those main elements. So as the chorus comes to an end and you come into a verse, well maybe there's one of those guitars that uh, continues on through to the verse. But if all the rest of those in instruments start to drop out and it just sort of leaves that guitar, well it's maybe panned out hard left or hard right. So it's not going to sound quite right. Um, it's going to really unbalance your mix. If your um, listener is maybe listening through a set of headphones, they're only going to have that guitar coming through one a year. And if it's quite a, a mellow arrangement with very few instrument parts in it, it's really going to sort of mess up the listener's stereo field. So you can use panning automation that when that chorus comes to an end, that guitar track pans sort of closer into the centre again and it, um, it just balances out the mix a little more. Um, so that's one of the ways I would use it. The other way would be um, to create, I suppose you could say, perceived width in a track. So usually when I come to a bridge, um, I use automation to pull everything a little bit closer to the centre. So it's nearly, maybe not quite a mono signal, but everything is quite narrow and um you're losing a little bit of that stereo width. So coming towards the end of the bridge then, I will slowly use automation to start panning those tracks out wide again. So whenever you burst into maybe a final chorus, um, you're going from that really narrow mono signal and it's uh, building out slowly and then eventually ending up with the big wide uh, final chorus. So it's maybe not any wider than the rest of the track was, but because you're coming from a more narrow, uh, nearly mono signal and panning that out wide into the bigger chorus, it makes it seem wider and maybe a little bit more epic than it uh, actually is. So panning automation, like I mentioned, it's not something you're going to use in every mix and you won't use it the entire way through a mix. But there may just be certain points in it where... Um, you can use automation to pull things in and out of the sort of centre or you can use the, the panning automation to create perceived width. So it's a good little trick to have in your tool bag and uh, you might not use it all the time but keep it in the back of your mind whenever you're starting to worry about balance in the mix because it can really pull you out of a hole whenever you really need it. Okay, the final automation move I want to talk about 
is one that I maybe wouldn't advise uh, you look at until you really have a grasp of what automation is and that what the likes of volume automation and panning automation can really do for you. And the third one is uh, automating EQ. So there are a number of uses that um, automating an EQ um, can be used for. Uh, however, there are two that I would really stick to or they would be the main ways that I would use it. Um, the first one is to thin something out. So really this is talking about automating a high pass filter. So we're going with the whole sort of verse chorus relationship here again. If you have a guitar that's um, one of the only instrument parts in a verse, well, if that guitar sounds very thin, then it's going to, the whole verse is going to sound very thin. So you would generally have the high pass filter set back a little to allow a little bit more of that low end in, just so it sounds a little bit more full and a little bit warmer. However, whenever you hit into the chorus and all the other instruments come in, if that high pass filter is still set quite low, then, and it's done on too many tracks, you're going to end up with a really muddy chorus and nothing is really going to be clear and standing out. So the way I like to uh, use automating the EQ is to automate that high pass filter so that whenever the guitar part hits the chorus, it rolls the high pass filter up a little bit more and uh, sort of just thins out the sound of the guitar. Now you have to go through before this and listen to the guitar in the chorus and figure out where exactly you can get away with setting that uh, high pass filter. And then you simply set the automation to roll that high pass filter up to that point and uh, it just thins the sound out a little and allows everything to sit together. Then the other way I like to automate EQ is to uh, use it to add a little bit of brightness to something just to allow it to punch through in a moment where it's maybe getting lost. So again, I know I've been using it, well we'll use a synth this time for example. If you have a synth running throughout your chorus or your verse and uh, it's one of the only parts again so you maybe needed to have a slightly different EQ curve than what you would have during the choruses. Well, say you have the high rolled off a little so it isn't too harsh and it's not competing with the vocal. However, whenever that synth rolls into the chorus and all the other instruments come in, the synth's maybe getting lost or it sounds a little bit muddy just when everything is coming in around it. Well then you can use uh, EQ and choose what frequency range you want it to um, concentrate on and maybe add a boost in the high mids or the highs just to add a little bit of clarity to that synth and as you know higher frequencies tend to cut through a little bit more so if you have a very heavy chorus um, boosting those high frequencies maybe only by a dB or 2 dB will allow that synth just to uh, punch through and it'll catch the listener's attention and say that it's still there and it's still in the mix it hasn't disappeared so those are a few quite simple e or automation moves um, let's say start off with volume automation it's the most basic one you can uh, sort of work on to get to know really what automation can do and to get you know how to program it into your DAW um, then I would move on to panning automation and see if there's any cool ways you can use it to get uh, a good sound or maybe to solve a problem. And finally then, have a go at automating an EQ 
to change the EQ curve throughout your mix so that it's a, a dynamic mix and it uses the EQ to um, get everything to sit in the right place at the right time. So you're not stuck setting one EQ onto your track and it stays like that from the start to the finish. Um, you can add dynamics to that EQ so that you can boost certain frequencies in the choruses, you can boost certain frequencies in the verses, maybe the bridge, you would cut a lot of that out to thin something out. Any way you want to use it, you can. The options are virtually limitless. So give automation a go and see how you like it. Like I mentioned, go and um, watch the video over on the YouTube channel if you're not entirely sure what I'm talking about throughout this podcast and hopefully that'll make things a little bit clearer whenever you can see it on the screen in front of you and I'll give you a few demonstrations of what way it works. So that's the main segment out of the way so let's go ahead and jump into the my advice section. So for the my advice portion of the show this week um, I thought I would make something slightly different it's not a technique or it's not a trick of uh, any type it's more a mindset tip and uh, it's really how you should use the likes of blogs and podcasts and uh, sort of training YouTube videos etc and what way you should implement them into your work now this doesn't just go for the stuff I'm putting out there there are loads of great blogs and there are loads of podcasts and probably 10 times as many uh, YouTube tutorial videos on every different DAW and technique you can imagine. So there is a wealth of knowledge out there and there are quite a few pros who are getting into this and really starting to um, sort of pass on their knowledge and experience through to the startup guys and uh, it can all become a little bit overwhelming at the start whenever you're going to so many different areas and you're maybe getting conflicting reports as to what's the best way to do something. But bear in mind, nobody knows the best way to do something. They only know the way they do it and they, everybody has their own opinions and some people will agree with them and some won't. So to help decipher through this, the way I would recommend um, using stuff like this, if you go onto a blog and you read about a certain technique or a tip or a way to do something that you maybe haven't tried before, go back into one of your old mixes and open it up. So for example, today we've been talking about um, automation. Well, go. don't wait for your next project to come and uh, use it then. Go back into a uh, mix that you're familiar with and you know you've maybe finished it and you've got it sounding well. And then sit down and think, right, well, we've been looking at automation. What way could I use automation in this mix if you maybe haven't used it before? So this is only an example of um, sort of today. But you would go back and um, maybe look at your verses and, or your transitions between your verses and your choruses and think, well, I wonder would a little bit of uh, panning automation fit in well there. Then try it out. Now, you might try it and it might sound horrific on your mix. Now, you don't just force the matter and say, well, James said panning automation can work well, so I'm going to have to leave it in there. It's obviously the way people do it. It's just the way I do it, and I don't do it all the time. So just bear in mind that everybody's views 
are their own perspective and you have to find your own way of doing things. So you can listen to everybody about their techniques and tips and tricks and ways to do things. But until you take them back into your studio and try them out and see if they work for you, you're never going to know what way they're going to work best. So if something isn't working for you, don't beat yourself up about it. Just leave it alone and get on with the way that you're doing things at the minute. Because if they're working for you and you're getting decent mixes out of it, then there isn't an issue with that. You don't have to use every technique and every mix. So just keep in mind that uh, by all means, go out and read blogs, uh, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos to gather an idea of how to do um, sort of the different techniques involved. But don't feel that you have to use to use them all and don't feel that you have to do them that the way the people that are teaching you do them. You can create your own ways of using them. And if you... you you never know, you might find a way to use um, automation that I have never thought of before, or you might get a really cool sound out of it, and, uh, if, well, if you do, send, an e send me an email and let me know, and then I can use it in my next mix. But either way, find your own way of doing things, experiment with the techniques. Any posts or um, podcasts I put out there are really to try and set down the basics for you to go out and find your own way of using them. So have a think about that next time you're reading through a post, go back and experiment with it and find your own way of doing things. So that's it from this week's show. Um, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone who tunes into this podcast um, on a weekly basis. Um, I sort of flick through my stats every now and again and it astounds me how many people actually listen to this and how many people are going on to the blog and listening to what I'm writing or um, sort of what I'm talking about in these podcasts. I hope everybody's enjoying it. I hope everybody's getting something out of it. If you're not, please get in touch with me and let me know what uh, techniques you want to learn about and uh, I'll try and do a little bit of content on them whether it's in the form of a blog post or a podcast. But either way, I want to do things that are going to be relevant to people who are trying to learn uh, their way in this business. Um, like I mentioned before, I'm trying something different with this podcast, so go into the show notes and click through to the YouTube video if you want to learn a little bit more about automation. Um, follow me on Twitter and Facebook and all that jazz. Uh, I'm not going to go through it all again. You can rewind to the start of the podcast if you want to know all the addresses. But until the next time, keep recording, keep mixing, and keep it simple. <laughs>